The second week of Lent begins with a very sobering reminder of what we are in control of and what we are not in control of. We are not in control of our natural surroundings. We're not in control of many of the health issues that impact our lives, ourselves, our families, our friends. We're not in control of the economic challenges that continue to impact our daily lives. This world is a constant challenge for us, both directly, as people can attest to, who are suffering the effects of the devastating earthquakes, the one in Turkey and in Syria, the severe snow in the western U.S., people still trapped in their homes, many of them, volcanoes in the western Pacific Ocean, but also indirectly, as it challenges us who witness this, you and I who witness these and are vulnerable to seeing this and heartbroken as we witness how vulnerable we can be in the world. So where are we being led as believers in Christ in the midst of this confusion and potential anxiety? To sum up what the 40 days of Lent is about seems most appropriate today as we hear Matthew's words regarding the transfiguration. It's a time to transform and to be transformed. But how can we accomplish something that seems so much out of our control? Peter, James, and John probably felt that as well. So what is their takeaway from this gospel testament? Let Christ lead us. Peter, James, and John heard that clearly. As the psalmist reminds us, Lord, have mercy on us as we place our trust in you. Trust in Christ. Let Christ lead us to where we can rest and to overcome what otherwise might crush us in our sufferings so that we can endure it and be witnesses to what others may be inspired by. We're not any more exempt from suffering as the disciples were. And Jesus knew that the road that Peter, James, and John and the other disciples chose was going to be very hard. Just as he knows the road that you have been baptized on is going to be very hard at times. Maybe even those amongst you seeking to enter this faith community to become Catholic are at times finding it difficult, even heartbreaking. To be able to open ourselves up to the transformative power of Christ is what Lent focuses towards. That's the disciples' struggle. That's why Jesus led them up on the mountain to be inspired and at the same time transform their vision. The gospel today begins, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up the mountain to pray. To pray. And through this experience of prayer, he gives the disciples the vision of where he is ultimately ultimately leading them. Why they are on the road they are on. And why they will necessarily suffer in the days to come. But he's doing this as a gift. A gift to strengthen them. So as to not give up the faith that they have in the person that they're following. That he is the real deal. He is the savior of the world. 
He is the one who will lead them out of the suffering into the glory and fullness of heaven. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. These are the very words of God to the disciples as they witness this incredible occurrence of the transfiguration. And it echoes back to me the statement that Mary made at the wedding at Cana, where Christ conducts his first miracle. And she tells the disciples, do whatever he tells you. Echoing the words that we hear today of God saying, listen to him. But how does Christ know the Father's will? And the Father respond to his Son? It is through prayer. This sums up what Lent is about. To know God more intimately. And this can only be done through one effort in our control. Prayer. Christ understands this, and this is why he's leading them up the mountain. To pray, and in so doing, they can come to know the glory of what they are being led to. To show them the target, the goal, if you will. What's going to happen at the end of their suffering. What would that be like to see that image before us? Saints, often, who have seen visions of Mary, of Jesus of seeing other saints come and pray with them who have passed on. It's transformative. And as these disciples watch the transfiguration, they're transformed to see something beyond their own condition. And so the disciples witnessed something so spectacular that they themselves were transformed. And because of this, they did not want to leave. When we hear of people who've seen tremendous miracles, they don't want to leave that because they have a taste of heaven. Who wants to leave that taste of heaven? Well, the disciples were no different as we hear today. They wanted to stay in the midst of the glory. But Jesus is leading the disciples and you and I to a transformed reality if we followed him. Just as the disciples had to come back down off that mountain to follow him back into the suffering of the valley below. They must endure the road that has been laid before them. Like the road that is laid before you and I. The suffering and challenges in your life right now is a road that Jesus himself has been on and is on now. You are not alone in the midst of your suffering. That is what... Being a disciple becomes aware of, is transformed into the knowledge of. Each of us has challenges, and when we hear that, that you are not alone, let that sink in. Let that sink in. Each of us will do this today when we pray the prayers of intercession. We will pray those prayers together. And even though we come here today with our sufferings and we feel compelled at times to carry it on our own, when you look at the person sitting next to you and you pray those prayers of intercession, we pray them together. And no matter how strong you might feel in your faith or how weak you might feel in your faith, we say those prayers together. And as a consequence... 
it is mighty. And so we pray to see that reality come forth when we answer, Lord, hear our prayer. And you say that, listen to your neighbor next to you and take solace that you are in a community who are praying for each other so that we can then pray for the world as one body. God wants to transform the world and he doesn't want to do it without us. He wants to do it through us. Following him does not mean just coming to Mass and being a good Catholic and doing the sacraments of getting married, of receiving communion and confirmation. Yes, it's that. And as I've said before, it's more than that. It means to enter into the spiritual, intimate relationship with Christ. A relationship that is present through our daily responsibilities as well as when we come to this holy place that we come to today. So it is our sincere belief in God and our willingness to come back down the mountain like those disciples today to be about God's work. That's the essence of our lives. No one is drawn to Catholicism because of what we do. They're drawn to Catholicism because of how we experience God. It affects the world. That's the intent of sacrament. So what is it that we are being reminded of the second week of Lent? It is to be ever persistent to turn to God in prayer. And in so doing, open ourselves up to be transformed by Christ. Let this be a new Lent. Let it be a transformed Lent. Double down, as we so often say in society nowadays. Well, if you want Christ to transform you, you have to be willing to be transformed. I have to be willing. And I have to get back up every day and offer that. I'm willing today. Give a double portion of your trust in Christ. Who wants you to see the value of your lives. Wrinkles and all. He values that better than we do. And try focusing our love on him by praying the rosary with Mary to help you to do what her son asks you to do. Recently, I've been watching a series. It's it's actually, I'm embarrassed to say, it's quite old. It's 22 years old. It's called Band of Brothers. It comes on HBO. And it's about the 101st Airborne in World War II. It's tremendous to remind us of the suffering and endurance and courage of those who have come before us. And so, as I looked through my library of books, I came across a book on prayer, a practical guide by Reverend Martin Pable. And he had this excerpt in this book about his growth in faith And he said, during World War II, my family would gather every night after supper to pray the rosary. We prayed the rosary for peace. He said, I had three sisters and a younger brother. None of us were particularly enthused about this nightly ritual. It was just part of our daily routine, he said. But somehow it felt good to know that we were praying for peace 
and were connected to many other families who were doing the same thing at roughly the same time. Years later, after my ordination, he says, I stopped praying the rosary. He says, I'm not sure why, except that it didn't seem to nourish my spiritual life. But later, but later, he says, I went back to it. And he says, I did it for two reasons. One, every time the Virgin Mary appears on earth, she asks us to pray the rosary for peace and for the conversion of the world. And two, he said, I just felt I was missing a valuable form of prayer. He doubled down on his diligence to pray the rosary. Mary calls us to do this again through her asks in Medjugorje. And in these times of crisis in Ukraine, that seems again one of those worldly occurrences that is out of our control. Prayer is my control to either do it or not. Mary's call is to focus our love on her son. And one of the most powerful tools that we as the Catholic community have is the rosary. As we prayed before this mass. To walk through those mysteries of Christ's life, death, and resurrection. The rosary brings to an even greater awareness what Christ did and is doing for us now. This is a call that we should not shrug away from, but should lean into this Lent and beyond. To this, a simple prayer you might remember to say each day, I've shared with you before. Mary, help me walk with your son today. Mary, help me walk with your son today. May we do this act of faith today this act we do when coming to receive him in the transformed bread that becomes him, real and substantial. And as St. Paul reminds us, may we bear our share of hardships for the gospel with the strength that comes from God.